0: And one of theirs to the morgue you don't know what hard times are daddy a paradigm shift <laughs> yeah yeah right you don't even know me i don't know I, I thought you would like bill burr i mean it's all right if i should, uh, give
1: him a re-examine but like you know bill burr george carlin hurt Pryor, bill hicks uh, big, yeah, well, why are you going to compare it to him? Big Patrice O'Neal fan. I'm just naming comedians that I like, you know, oh. before you're like. Oh, man, I don't give a shit. If you
0: don't like it, you don't like it, I don't care.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. I just thought, you know, I didn't want to hear the goof today.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got enough of it this past weekend.
1: Yeah. So, you know, do you want to <laughs> kick, kick us off? Or is this going to go on the morning highlights or what?
0: Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to chop it up. Kick it up. Kick it up. Get it up. Kick it up.
1: All right, let me finish wiping my glasses out real quick, man. Like, so I really hate when you, 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 when you're driving, especially like in South Texas and stuff. You have the AC on, you know, keep keep cool and everything, and you wear your glasses. as well, you, soon
0: as you jump out of the fucking car, it just fogs up like the Big goddamn fog. The over. shadow of Mordor, God. Yeah, no, I, I'd
1: rather take the shadow of Mordor than this shit. It's fucking <laughs> so annoying, goddamn annoying, man. I swear, I'm I swear they be trying me. They be trying me. But anyway, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Missing the Marks with your hosts Nate and Kyle. Uh, We want to thank you again for joining us on whatever morning, afternoon thing, whatever the hell you're doing, whatever your sleep schedule is. Thank you for making us a part of your daily routine or your 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 week or etc etc. We're we're happy we're happy to be in your space at the time when you need us. You know, we're just we're here to provide some entertainment. Uh, talk a little wrestling. Talk about everything else under the sun. i I, we, we're, I don't even know if we should call ourselves a wrestling podcast anymore, man. We're just kind of all over the fucking place. We talk about everything under yeah. the sun, baby. Because we sure.
0: Dude, I've been, I, I, I versatile. was going back. We're versatile. I was going, I was going back to some of the raw recordings because I was cleaning up my computer, and man, we like if you skip around, like you wouldn't tell this is a wrestling podcast. We talk about the randomest shit, like, like last week talking about transformers, like. An hour and a half in? Like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> oh, dude, fucking. That was that was good. I, I like me some Transformers. Left cheek. Left, left cheek, cheek. Left cheek. Left cheek. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Tyrese, dog. What mm-hmm. a guy. Yeah, he paid Michael Bay to say left
0: cheek. I mean, good for him, buddy. Good for him. <laughs> fucking. What, a, what an asinine, like. Like, this man really paid to be in Transformers of all things. Like, I mean, it made a ton of money. It was also, like, one of the biggest – because I think the what, the U.S. military, whenever you contact him, I think that was the last time they wanted to make a movie was Transformers. But, like, it's, like, super just, like, army propaganda shit. It was wild. Like, what a wild movie to pay to be in. I can't – that's so fucking funny to me still.
1: I'd be happy to be in a Transformers movie, so. I'm yeah, not but sure
0: like what this going. I like, a like Michael Bay one? Like, a Michael Bay one? I like Michael Bay. Not a, Did you like ambulance? That movie was garbage, dude. I never saw ambulance. Oh my it's so bad, but it's like it's like just trashy bad. Oh wait, I wait, mean, wait, I, wait, like, wait, wait,
1: wait. I never finished the intro. <laughs> I never oh. finished the intro. <laughs> it was Look like at us. Look yeah, wait a minute, us. everybody. As always, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube. YouTube has all the interviews if you want to see our ugly-ass mugs and the beautiful people that we interview, such as Avery Bro, Bro Havoc, Alan Angels, and the one, the only, Chip Garrison. And by the way, big ups to Chip. That boy is the new Explosion champion down at USWX Pro Wrestling, that promotion running out there. My man's got some gold. He said he was going to get some gold. The boy got some gold. This man is on the up, baby. So, shout out to you, oh, Chip.
0: Dude, I, I popped so hard as soon as I saw that pose. It's tra- strap it's season. Chip Garrison's coming for it, dude. Yeah, Hell yeah. Get all the
1: straps, Chip. I want to see you draped oh. in fine leather and diamonds, baby.
0: We're rooting for you. What did you say? Best thing to come out of Texas since George Strait, best, baby. Best
1: man to come out of Texas since George Strait. Matthew
0: McConaughey. yeah, <laughs> He's better than Matthew McConaughey. Oh, no, rattle, rattle. R- I, God, remember? do you remember Daisy Confused? That's a good fucking movie. Oh, that's an oldie. That is...
1: A, that is
0: I love... That's not a boogie. I love me that movie. <laughs> that's not a boogie. That, no, that's definitely... Oh, you're going to bring up the boogie conversation for this past weekend? Pissing me off, you fucking bitch.
1: Uh, that's not a boogie. <laughs> I like the way you say it. I, <laughs> dude, I, I, I remember also seeing when we were recording you said oh that's not a boogie we're like this is a boogie like the way you said it was just so it made me laugh so hard
0: i've been thinking about it all week oh fuck yeah i mean i mean god you were we'll talk about let's talk about when you were pissing me off this weekend just texting me the most asinine bullshit like i didn't i couldn't follow if you were doing like a bit to try and mess with me i don't know what you explain yourself
1: Okay, so remember how last week when Kyle asked for my opinion about what I thought about the Owen Hart tournament and I gave him my opinion and he started getting mad at my opinion because I was comparing it to something else. But again, he solicited my opinion. He solicited my thoughts. I would appreciate it if he would have just waited until I said what I had to say instead of automatically getting mad because to me, it's like, okay, you asked for my opinion. It doesn't validate what you say or it's just whatever. You get mad at it and it's like, you asked me for what I thought, and it's like the nerve to be mad when I say what I think. And that's when I was like, you know what? I want to start messing with this dude. Now every time we're talking pro wrestling and we're talking everything, I just start, I just start acting like an ass. Like I'm just like, oh no, that's mid. Like something exciting happens. Like Tanahashi came out, and I was texting him. Like we we're like I was like, Tanahashi's the all mine. He was like, Shut up, man, you're ruining it. And I was like, Yeah, you know what? Tanahashi's mid. Moxie's mid. This promotion sucks. I'd rather see Cody Rhodes versus Rollins, like for the twentieth time, uh, headlining a pay-per-view. Cause this is all I, I'm just starting like I'm starting to be I started being a condescending ass because he's that's <laughs> the way I felt. I it when fucking hated that's it. the that's the way I felt when he asked for my opinion and then he just like started interrupting me, and that's why, you know, all the dolphins and SpongeBob sound effects were happening that was very good editing by the way but
0: i gave i gave the boy a taste
1: of his own medicine
0: and he's been bothered all week because he doesn't grasp the concept of hey well well let me pull the curtain back a little bit it when i'm i'm a producer of this show right this content that we make in my mind i was like listen this would be a very funny moment if i just steamrolled over his moments to get nathan mad 'cause I know nothing gets you more mad than getting steamrolled over something when you're trying to give like a decent opinion. And I thought as a producer extraordinaire of this of this show, I thought it would be great content and that 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 was my thinking behind it. I didn't think you were going to like, let it go over the extent of the episode and bring it up in our real life. Because I was just trying to talk to you about wrestling and the insane dynamite that happened. And you just kept saying, Mid. No, that's mid. No, for mid indoor. No, MJF promo mid. Oh, I was so aggravated. I wanted, I was like grinding my fucking teeth. I wanted to punch something.
1: <laughs> you uh, fuck. It sounds like you got worked into a shoot, baby. <laughs> <Son of> a- <laughs>
0: fucking God. Oh God! I fucking hate this. <laughs> I love this podcast, and goddamn
1: you! <laughs> bitch. you're an ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm an ass? Oh, but what the fuck? i
1: uh, <laughs> I got work, baby.
0: I am the alpha <laughs> and the omega. Oh ain't shit! You you're my. You getting fucking. What you ain't nothing. You, you you about to. See. You're about as alpha as my left butt cheek. Shut up. <laughs> I'll tell you what's not
1: a boogie. AEW Dynamite was really fucking good this
0: week. <laughs> oh, fuck. Should we just, like, kick off into that, dude? Because this episode was fucking insane, those, dude. That
1: those like, those, was those a lot of not boogies. Well, did you watch NXT yesterday? I didn't get a chance to, but my buddy texted me Oh, said it was really good.
0: E- yes. NXT just did another uh, premiere live event. Uh, NXT In Your House 2022 and the only complaint i probably have from it is that toxic attraction as a whole it, it just feels too dominant it feels super like charlotte and brit baker-esque where like you don't think there's a chance the other people are gonna win but other than that i mean all these matches are great the, the the match of the night last night had to be the creed brothers if you don't know the creed brothers do yourself a favor and go look at the creed brothers because they are some of the best hossie boys ever um it, the it ended with Julius Creed um, going to the top rope. And everyone thought this was going to be because they're normally like brawlers and like technicians. Um, and everybody thought it was going to be a real sloppy, just kind of move that they're going for broke. But my God, this dude has like the cleanest shooting star press since I think I've seen Brock Lesnar do it when he botched it against Kurt Angle. Like the height, the turn. Did you see the GIF yet?
1: No, I haven't seen it. I didn't get a chance to see NXT
0: yet. Oh I, I wanted to
1: talk about it because I heard good things about it. Maybe I might go watch it. I didn't even get to watch Rampage this weekend, man. I've been—it's been a busy week weekend for me. Like weekends are kind of been rough lately. I mean, you know what's going on in my personal life, Kyle. Like the, I got—I got weddings. I got Goofy. I got Goofy. going on. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm not gonna get. Not gonna, not gonna get into it. But it's been a week for goofiness this week, man. There's been a lot of goofy <laughs> going on from the MB- MJF Works shoot promo to the infamous trial that happened. And by the way. I'm happy that happened. Uh, you know, I don't know them personally, these these celebrities and stuff. But, you know, for the jury to unanimously say, basically, like, you're, you know, I think we think you lied. I think it's just a good day for, you know, for, for, for some some men that get abused out there. Because I know women make up most of the abuse victims and all the other things that happen that's egregious. And I know recently we've had um, an awakening so hey, men need to be knowing that they play with five thousand now and a hundred percent that had to happen. I'm all for that, but then you have this guy who's very rich and powerful who was also abused, from what we know from the trial, and that was that kind of felt like it was sw- swept under the rug in a sense. And that man got his justice. That man, you know, got his exoneration in a sense, and uh, you know things came to light that should have been came to light. You know, like I'm just happy for the dude. I don't, I'm, I don't know him. He didn't seem like he was the best guy in that relationship either, but Ali Seals was a little bit forthcoming with, you know, with who he was and the fact that he wasn't the best person and everything. But, yeah, no justice prevailed. And I I think it's I think it's a good thing for the for 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 every victim, whether you're you're man, woman, trans, gay or whatever. People need to be held accountable regardless of who they are or what they are. And I think that's what this trial was about in a sense, like holding not just men accountable, but women and everyone else because predators and abusers come in all forms and facets. And I think we need to be private to that, you know, and I think that's what this hopefully this was what this trial um, highlighted in a sense.
0: Yeah, I saw a bunch of people saying like um, that this was super bad for women uh, who come out with like abuse allegations. I don't think that's true. I, I don't think it's gonna discredit any woman coming forth. I think hopefully this sets a precedence, you know, that you need to believe them. Because I mean, for at, at first everyone was ready to believe Amber over Johnny, but then when you took into consideration literally every piece of evidence, um, you know, it flipped the other way and they found Amber Heard guilty of uh, of trying to def- like running the smear campaign against Johnny. Um, I think it just opens up the conversation to really examine. What happened and like really hold, again, accountability. Uh, I I hope it's not going to be a fucking a way for shitty people to just be like trying to steamroll women who come out with abuse allegations. That will be fucked up. No, that that would, time will up. Tell.
1: That, that would be fucked time up. That would be fucked up. And if any of these trench coat wearing neckbeards are like, see, this is all women. And no, no, this is. Ugh, the no, fucking red up. pills. Yeah, fuck them. No, that's dumb. That's that's Bunch stupid. Of dumb asses. That, that's dumb. Like, come on. If be, that's, be smarter if that's, than that. It, it, If that's what you're taking away from this, you missed the point.
0: Yeah, go touch grass, you fucking dorks.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know. Goofy.
0: Y'all goofy too, bunch of dorks. Yeah, that's
1: goofy. That's (laughs) goofcon. Goofcon's when you're being goofy, you're being dumb, nonsense, uh, unparalleled hijinks. We've been on we've been in GoofCon 4 all week, man. It's it's been GoofCon 3 since uh, double I nothing. I don't I don't
0: know what I don't know what this Wii stuff is. I ain't doing nothing. I'm good, dog. No, I'm I've saying I'm saying
1: life. I'm saying in general from the wrestling world to the public to this is there's been a lot of goofy going around, you know, like just a lot of goof. And let's, MJF let's almost walked out. Double <laughs> <There were> nothing. <laughs>
0: oh my and god. Work, let's shoot get promo. it, yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into that because I really do want to talk about it because I feel like, especially dumbass Reddit fans, are like over like, over complicating all of this, and they're like fantasy booking it to a T. Like, the man MJF is clearly frustrated with his money. Yes, that's all. That's all real. That's all real frustrations, uh, and that that comes to light. But I it just just no showing the uh the meet and greet, that was real. Yes, that was real frustration. He decided to take a stand and no show it. I'm not no part of me is not gonna believe that him and Tony immediately didn't talk it out. Take as long as they need to before the pay-per-view. MJF showed up, did what he had to do, contractually obligated match with Wardlow, and then left to go think about and maybe talk about his contract dispute leading into Dynamite. Because he was there, he did a whole you know quote unquote or like a work or a shoot promo and people are like convinced that he went out there, did literally talked all of his shit without Tony's approval. Tony Khan is a man who had to justify him like firing a person because they were quote unquote, a bad wrestler over Twitter. This man would not allow MJF to take a hot mic out to the crowd and talk all this shit. Tony Khan is not like that. That dude is, literally cares about his public image and doesn't take criticism very well. It's all just part of the program, part of the show. And wow, the promo is great. We'll talk about the promo in depth a little bit in in, in a little bit, but I just don't know where it's going to go. That makes a whole lot of logical sense. People are saying that it's like people are saying it's better than the CM Punk pipe bomb. It's better than Austin 316. It's better than Paul Heyman's pipe bomb probably like, no, dude, like, all of those had such an enormous impact on the business as a whole. CM Punk's Pipe Bomb might be maybe the least impact feeling from, again, the 316 and the Paul Heyman Pipe Bomb promo, but you still saw a big shift in wrestling and how it how it changed the business from that promo because now people are really taking into consideration awful work ethics that WWE was putting on these people. And it, it really changed things, but I can't imagine how... This MJF promo is going to change the business as a whole. And people need to stop letting recency bias just fucking take the reins. And, again, they're just saying that this is, like, a top three promo of literally all time. And it's going to change the world. It's not. It's not going to change a whole lot, honestly.
1: I don't think you could sort of say that or commit to that thinking yet. Because time hasn't played out its thing. Like, we know what happened when Austin did his 316 promo. Hell, we know what happened when The Rock... Remember when The Rock did that promo about Billy Gunn, and uh, basically after that, they pushed Rock, if uh, if I remember that correctly. It was pushed Rock. Yeah, to the moon, because Billy Gunn was slated to get that title shot, I think, and then The Rock came in and won over the audience, and did his, his promos. Like, how can you not push this guy instead of Billy Gunn? I would have made the same decision as well, but – and then, like, the whole Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman promo and stuff – We don't, you don't really, you can't really say that the MJF promo is going to be good or bad for the business or whatever, because we don't know yet. It's only been a week, but I will say that promo was the passion and everything under it was amazing, man. Like it was,
0: oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I loved it. In
1: terms of promo work, that was top notch. I mean, it doesn't get any better. That was probably one of the best promos I personally have seen. And I was talking to my cousin about that and he's, you know, he's a real big WWE guy and. He was singing his praises and everything like that. Like, you don't get much better than that, man.
0: Yeah. Now, like now whether it
1: be- whether it does anything after this is remains to be seen. But I, I'm not gonna say see, that like- it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if you. I don't. If you want to compare for for the, for the actual promo for what it is without any historical context, it's up there with those promos that you've named. I 100 percent believe it is because it's just that damn good and the way the audience was reacting and the way the passion and everything that he was saying in a backdrop of it but in terms of like what it did for the business we can't make that argument yet you can't make
0: the argument yet because time has passed i feel i feel like it's a little easier to make the argument because there's only like two very clear directions this could possibly go like again at the time of recording this like like i i don't see how this can impact anything honestly like what's gonna happen is is Tony Khan gonna become an on-screen character to come confront MJF that's gonna be lame it's even Tony Khan has said he never wants to be a character within the show he he wants to hold things in the reins from from the back and at the gorilla position or are they gonna get like a random plucky baby face to to like stand Tony Khan and, and take take a stand against MJF from being like this and feed into MJF just being a bigger heel like I can't see a really good long-term plan for this it was it was an awesome moment don't get me wrong but it's like it, it, like comparing to WWE and this is a real might be a long shot comparison but you can't have a bit you can't just talk about a big moment it needs to lead to something and I can't see where this could possibly lead to be like a super satisfying uh, you know greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing
1: yeah, I could sort of see that argument and stuff, but again, it remains to be seen because we, time hasn't passed yet. But I do think it's on a very slippery slope of how you could exactly book this because you've heard some of the older heads and even some of the reports come out that wor- you don't work the wrestlers. You know, you don't make the wrestlers question like, hey, what's going on because you don't want to get calls mistrust or whatever in the locker room. And yeah, stuff exactly. And so, but from. What we know from AEW and how they've handled, like, most controversies or most, uh, um, like, real-life scenarios, there's always been sort of, like, uh, everyone's kind of in a know, generally, what's going on, and people only leak out what they want to leak out, whereas WWE seems to be, like, other promotions, you, you, you'll find out pretty quick, especially, like, when people want to get their story out and stuff like that, so...
0: Again, unless you're Tony Khan you get on Twitter and you're like I released her cuz she's a shit ass wrestler. You're not going to know. <laughs> uh Tony Khan's wild. But yeah, all you marks get get off of it, just write it out, stop saying it's the greatest thing never happened in professional wrestling cuz it's not. It remains to be seen. So shut the fuck up, you goddamn dorks. God, I fucking hate hate fans sometimes, but uh, I mean, should we just get into Dynamite? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of unpacking this one, in this episode. I
1: mean, you basically just cut the MJF promo right now. People listening who are
0: like... Well... That's
1: you. Well, okay.
0: All right, Well, all right. Well, let's let's get it... Shut fuck off. Let's get into CM Punk and FTR versus Max Caster and the Gun Club. Uh, this match kicked off Dynamite. CM Punk fresh off the heels of beating Adam Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship. Uh, really teaming up with FTR and... I'm never gonna not think it's fucking dorky when these guys wear like Sons of the Hitman shirts and they want to be called the Hitman. Like, god damn, dude! I, it's, it's so dorky. It's like, you think you think the biggest stars of professional wrestling would ever be trying to stand another professional wrestler? Like, come on, dude! I, I think it's so cringy. But that's neither here nor there. I guess uh, this match was fun. Uh, C M Punk, God, dude! I really hope he didn't hurt his leg when he jumped into the crowd. I don't know if you've seen that recently again.
1: Yeah, I did, but people were saying that he popped his shit or he, he's when he did the the over-the-top spot and he landed wrong, and that's where he fucked up well, his leg.
0: Well, because when he jumps into the crowd before this match, when he comes out, he has the championship belt, he throws it on the ramp, and then he jumps into the crowd, it looks like he slams his fucking shin on the guardrail. And as he's waiting for FTR to come out, he like stares at his foot and is like rubbing it and he's like, he starts limping down the ramp. So people are assuming that's when he broke it because, um, again, the next segment is the MJF promo. Um, after that went off air, CM Punk came out to try and like talk to him, I guess, or confront him. And he had his boot off on his left foot and he was walking barefoot with a limp. So, I am pretty sure when he jumped into the crowd, it's where he fucking hurt himself, and that sucks. Yeah, fucking it goofy. Is,
1: it isn't. It's big goofs. <laughs> I
0: can I can call it goofy because now we know it's not career ending. So thank God, because I was already fucking worried about that. But we'll talk about that later. Um, after the <laughs> match, uh, when CM Punk and FTR pick up the win, uh, FTR did address uh, the attack from last week's Dynamite. Uh, where they are attacked by the United Empire Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb CM Punk was like all right let's talk about New Japan pro wrestling baby dude, who am i going to face dude
1: be, be, before we actually continue on with dynamite we should talk about i, I mean you watch new japan i kind of keep tabs on it because you know you're you're a lot, you're a lot bigger wrestling junkie than me but you had a lot to say about the super juniors that just happened this past oh year.
0: god yeah so So, so
1: do you want to rant about that do you want daddy yeah does quote unquote daddy want his time with new japan right now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we'll do the daddy new japan segment right now so basically ladies and gentlemen new japan is built on tournaments i love this style of professional wrestling really feels it a, a big sports feel they recently just concluded their best of super juniors tournament and this tournament is for the weight class the super juniors which are the lighter guys the faster guys the more athletic guys They're going to do a lot of more high spots and faster paced matches. Now, while I do love the winner of this Best of Super Juniors, Hiromu Takahashi, the time bomb from Los Ingobras de Japón. I love this man of death, don't get me wrong. I fucking wish New Japan could commit to making new stars. Uh, He wrestled El Desperado, who was a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, actually beat Takahashi for the title, uh, a couple months to a year ago at this point, point. Um, and they met in the finals. And everybody was hoping everybody everybody always gets their hopes up that New Japan's going to go in a different direction, a not safe direction, and, and put you know the less obvious choice as the winner. But nope, Hiromu Takahashi won his very I think his third in a row best of Super Juniors. I think he's won four in total or five in total off the top of my head. Um, super disappointing, but it is what it is. Maybe Takahashi will get, uh, a Darby Allen match at Forbidden Door. I just really wish New Japan, New Japan always does this too. The belt's always going to go on Okada. Uh, Goto's never going to win a big one. Uh, the, the Stone Pitbull Ishii's never going to win a big one. Uh, Okada, Tanahashi uh, are always going to be the safe bets. Takahashi too in the junior in the in the in the uh junior heavyweight division. Well, I I, I just wish New I, Japan could take some chances.
1: I, I heard that they the reason they won't put the strap on Ishii is because he kinda wrestles hurt a lot of the time. I don't yeah, I think they've melted a report but, on that.
0: But like like still like you gotta change things up a little bit just to keep the fan interest. Like I uh, uh, don't get me wrong, Takahashi winning the best of Super Juniors got such a loud ovation even though they're not technically allowed to make noise still just yet um, for New Japan shows. So, I mean, the crowd, they know what the crowd wants. But for the international audience and the IWC, uh, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of hardcore stands for uh, the the wrestlers you wouldn't really expect. Um, and there's a big following for them. And they, they really want... There's to get the big win, but I don't think New Japan will ever play it not safe like that. So I think it is what it is Yeah,
1: I kind of think that's the same with a lot of things. Like you know, uh, take for example Tony Storm <laughs> uh, not going over in the ma- in the match or fucking Ruby Soho and, and stuff. Great, yeah. You know, people were ready for a little bit something new for them to take risk, and they just didn't. And I'm not saying that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a debate if you or not if you want to say if it's bad or not. I mean, though the people who won are consistent draws and stuff. So cool, you go with the numbers and stuff, but you you kind of want to continue building stars. And even as much as we love AEW, even they at times have made some questionable booking decisions. But they, you know, me personally, they don't have enough bad will for me to be like, hey, this is, you know, I'm starting to
0: lose faith oh, in, all of their, in your shit. All you know? of their bad wills. I I have almost zero faith in the women's division now. They're getting to that point with me like just solely in that division they've proved to me time and time again they don't know what the fuck they're doing.
1: Uh you and said that fucking, you it, said that and now you're saying Jade Cargill's that bitch so I kind of disagree with you there. <laughs> I'm okay with Jade I Cargill. I shit on
0: her match. I shit on her match at double or nothing. I'm saying she's a good star but like making one diamond after you have a fucking entire like Thunder shit barn up. like okay. Oh yeah, all seventeen minutes she's gotten of TV time, <laughs> since being the champ. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing justice by Thunder Rosa so well. God, it it hurts it hurts my heart because I love Thunder Rosa. She proves she can go. She's so good at giving like really impassioned promos, but like when you give her two minutes of TV time in her first month of being champ, like why the fuck should I care about that champ? Jake Cargill is basically the main spotlight of the women's division right now, and she's not even the top champ, she's a secondary champ, I don't give a shit, I'll call the TBS and the TNT titles secondary, I don't give a fuck, Tony Khan can't prove they're not, um, when, when, you know what I also hate, the trend of the TNT title never being defended at these fucking pay-per-views, when was the last time the TNT title was defended at a fucking pay-per-view, fucking, I can't remember, stupid. Ooh, Definitely yeah, a secondary You're, going, you're
1: going to war with Tony Khan this week, baby. Jeez.
0: And just stop being goofy, Tony. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It ain't hard, but that's neither here nor there. I do always have way more pros than cons, but the women division is like 80-20 on the con slash pro for me. So, Until you get that fixed, I'm not going to not come at you when it comes up. <laughs> uh, but anyway.
1: Oh, wait, wait, after wait, wait, after the one last flight. thing, man. One last thing. Uh you know how you're our New Japan guy. Um uh, okay. me, me and you've been talking offline and uh we, we the marks are moving up in the world a little bit, baby. We might get us a WWE correspondent out in the field reporter here, baby.
0: <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Tell me a little yeah, tell the tell the crowd a little bit more about that.
1: So uh one of one of our one of our listeners is, uh, gladly said because they like watching uh, WWE that they would, you know, watch it and let us know what they thought, give us the on-screen report, you know, the the course the sideline correspondence of the big plays, the big moments, the big happenings. Um, when when that's going to happen. One.
0: There you go. When, when, that's this week.
1: When that's going to happen remains to be seen, but uh, <laughs> The Marks might have a, a, a WWE correspondent coming to us and giving us his takes, his thoughts. And uh, his recaps of what what we missed, and we'll bring it to you. That way, you know we we keep you updated and in tune with the things. <laughs> that, that way, we to be save tuned
0: you. To. That's why we save you watching a five like five hours worth of programming and like an hour and like ten minutes of it is wrestling. You're welcome. <laughs> we're doing that because we're the messiahs. <laughs> we're we're the chosen ones. We're going through this for you, the people. We I care love about the you, people. babies.
1: We care about y'all, babies.
0: <laughs> All right, now. Let's go back to Dynamite. Where were we? Right Okay, right after the match. So CM Punk takes the mic after FTR calls out, you know, uh, United Empire saying that they'll take on any wrestler, this company, another company, whatever. CM Punk said, let's sh- shift our focus to Forbidden Door. Who am I going to face? And the fucking, like, guttural, primal yell the nut. <laughs> I, 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 I let out after I saw, after I heard the first three notes of Hiroshi Tanahashi's song. Oh my god. One of the my best gods ever are freaking do it. Out.
1: One of the best ever do
0: it. The, the ace of New Japan. He made his way out. Man is such a beautiful man. All might fucking my. ripped and jacked his shit. Shut up. Stop making it dorky. Dude, he Don't looks like a fictional character. He's he better like than All, All Might. I, fuck you. I, yeah, he is. All Might looks he like is. Is. him. You know
1: what? You're right. All Might You're right. Yeah, get it right. He, yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. I agree with you there. Thank you. Put the respect on Tanahashi. Uh, But yeah, he came out. He made the title sign. So at, at the time, the plan seemed to be Tanahashi challenging CM Punk for the AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door. But of course, plans change. We'll talk about that in the timeline once we get there. Because the next segment was MJF coming out for his insane fucking promo. What a guy. He said that this wasn't MJF. This was Max Friedman. And goddamn, dude, he had me hooked on every single word. I was so enamored by this promo. Again, I don't know if it's gonna ever be. I don't know if it's gonna be a, a, a industry changing promo, but it's one of the goddamn best promos I've ever seen in my life. He
1: shot on a lot of people in the back. I mean, he said he's the only one that makes us feel. I disagree with that. Eddie Kingston makes me feel. Um, there's a good number of talent back there who make me feel. Daddy Magic. <laughs> I've never talked shit about Daddy Magic. <laughs> entertainers What's entertainers everyone can talk shit about the jas <laughs> all time i'm in their fucking corner i'll die on the hill that the jas is one of the best things happening at pro wrestlers and i owe it all to matt menard and angelo parker 2.0 are having one of the best years out there dude i fucking love 2.0 i love matt menard's coked up uh anxiety you know facial expressions whenever chris jericho's talking that promo they did, I don't know if you saw it when I it was on Twitter and everything, but they did a promo after their double or nothing match, and god damn, Matt Menard's such a fucking champ on the mic, man.
0: Such a champ. Uh, you can tell that you can tell they're having the most fun of their career, and like when they have fun, everybody has fun. I I love everything 2.0 does, uh. But yeah, I mean this promo, like like you said, like I I think, I mean god damn, MJF has to be up there with. The complete package. He's he's one of the most complete packages there. Um, God, dude, I fucking love this promo. This promo was so good. He ends it by, by saying, you know, maybe you would pay me more if I was an ex-WWE guy, implying that he'll definitely go to WWE and then come back and, you know, Tony Khan will finally offer him up a good paycheck. <laughs> and then he ends the promo by looking at the camera. I think he talks shit to... To, to someone on the ring or to someone uh, in the, the crowd the timekeeper, Somebody... the timekeeper okay he talked to the timekeeper and said you know don't don't cut me off you piece of shit he's like this is my time he looks at the dead into the camera and says Tony Khan fire me and just yells you fucking mark and I popped so I, I popped harder for this I popped harder for this than the Tanahashi appearance Uh-oh. I can't <laughs> believe he caught him a fucking mark on live TV insanity
1: Dude, that like I oh said, this God. promo was, woof! This was a spicy bit promo. Uh, historically, it's hard to make the argument where it's gonna be because we don't know where time is. But if you're asking me, I think this is probably one of the top five promos I've seen in terms of work shoots. And ter- I put it up there with Paul Heyman. I put it up there with CM Punk. It was fucking good. My buddy Luke, and he doesn't sometimes he'll tune into this podcast and like he's he's subbed to the squared squared circle subreddit and like he's. He, he keeps up with AW, like, the highlights and stuff and a little bit of WWE. But um, he texted me after this. He texted our group chat in the promo, and he was like, dude, holy shit. That is, like, one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. And he was talking to us about it all night, and he was just like, this is badass, man. Like, holy shit, MJF went in. And I'm like, we had a separate conversation. Like, dude, this is why I should watch AW, man. Like, it's fucking good. And then even uh, Bill Simmons tweeted about it talking about how mGF is uh, reminds him of uh Roddy Piper back in the 80s and 90s like it's just that everyone's singing his praises and like I said I, I know it's a MGF said a lot of things that he was holding to his heart and I I don't know exactly what happened Double or nothing weekend I think it I, I would I, I tend to be, I tend to think that it's more in line that it was a communication issue that MGF didn't know show. Because Samoa Joe did a no show and there was some logistics complaints going into that weekend, so I think that happened and they were like him and Tony Khan were like, "Hey, let's turn this into a shoot, you know? Let's 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 work out something." Tony Khan was like, "Yeah, whatever, fuck it. Let's let's see where this goes." And then it became what we have now and everything. But um, shoot, man, like he you took a lot of. Sh- I feel like he took a lot of shots, especially like at people like the Young Bucks and stuff, who would say that they don't need to do a bunch of bullshit to get over all the flippy, deep, dippy, no, no psychology. You could probably throw in the Lucha Brothers in that. I know they have a lot. Of, I know a lot of their matches are spot fest and stuff, but you hear a lot of the complaints that they don't know how to tell a story, they don't know how to make you feel, they just know how to make you go ooh and ah. And I feel like after the the FTR match with the Young Bucks part two. You couldn't really say that anymore, with <laughs> with the young bucks. Yeah, but but you, but you know, there's there's still that lingering sentiment that a lot of fans have, and I personally think it's okay, uh, especially with an AEW because AEW is for everything. Like Cody Rhodes said when he first came, AEW is like a buffet for wrestling. You got your spot fest, you got your psychology, you got your death matches, and you know it's good. I like it. You know when I. When I watch the Young Buck match, I know it's going to be a spot fest. I know Jim Ross is going to be pissed off at Rick Knox. And Chris Jerkle's is even going to talk shit about Rick Knox. But I think they come to accept that that's just how things work. And then story, they explain, like, oh, Rich Knox turns a blind eye because the Young Bucks pay him off and stuff. Or when I watch an MJF match, I know I'm going to get a classic wrestling match. When I watch Jax Harwood in a singles match, I know I'm in for a potential match of the year candidate. Because that dude is just straight up pro. Anything FTR is pro wrestling. Uh, CM Punk. Um, sometimes I think it is a little bit more than his body to keep up with or he's just really good at selling I, you, know? I, but you get what I'm I saying
0: I just needed to do I needed to stop doing Bret Hart matches and doing CM Punk matches mm-hmm. I've gotten really Hangman really said when he's like it's not going to be some masturbatory Bret Hart tribute because I am getting a little bit tired of that yeah, I know it's that just, popped you hard <laughs> it just it just comes off as dorky like like I mean you wouldn't again you wouldn't see The Rock trying to have Mankind matches or Stone Cold trying to have Triple H matches like you're a star dude like Make your own fucking matches so that in years you'll get other people fucking tributing to you. Don't be a fucking mark for Bret Hart this hard. Like I, God, I, I sort of
1: understand why they're doing it for Bret Hart because I felt like I think Bret Hart for a long time was he could have he could have been so much more. But his career got cut short due to injury and I felt like he never got the accolades and the the, the sunshine he he, he deserved. Uh, especially with I mean, everything that I mean, happened like, under the sun, but that's a different story.
0: But but could you imagine Shawn Michaels bullying you so hard that you have to wear Brett the Hitman Heart merch? Like, come on, dude. Be a better professional wrestler than that. It's, it's <laughs> fucking I'm just I'm just shooting this shit here. I'm not really like trying to go in on DAX and cash like as a people. It's just like come on, dude. Like I, I feel like you could just be so much more than just Brett Hart. Band boys in the ring. Like, you're FTR, dude. You're fucking FTR. You had a match of the year with the fucking Briscoes. Like, come on. Give me more of that. Come on. Give me more of that. That's all I want. Hey, hey FTR.
1: But, I, I'll, I'll stand the Jerk... I'll stand the, the Bret Hart jerk off all day because I love Bret Hart.
0: So <laughs> you ain't getting
1: no qualms out of me, baby, for that one.
0: I was the Sean guy. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. FTR, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah,
1: well, you know. I, I had a smart ass remark, yeah. but I just, I just don't know what it's at. So I'll just say... <laughs> Uh that, that was a that's a boogie. <laughs> that is a boogie.
0: Listen, listen. Brett screwed Brett. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> <You fucking idiot. laughs> oh man, man. I, I do have some quotes here for this MJF promo because a lot of them were so fucking good, dude. Yeah, they're like um, zingers. I love I love the line where he's like, um I'm not expected to hit home runs, I'm expected to hit grand slams. All the boys in the back get a settle for being great. I have to be perfect. Uh, why are you cheering me? Where were you guys when you were calling me an un- unprofessional piece of shit this weekend? Um, it's, it's, is it because I'm not chasing star ratings, guys? Is that why y'all don't appreciate me? Um, I mean, damn, dude. Like talking about the guy, about Tony bringing in the hordes of ex WWE guys that couldn't even lace up his boots. So fucking good, dude. MJF really just. Dude, God. I, I, so I I had, so a, good.
1: I had a convo with some friends who watch wrestling and stuff. And we our, our whole thing was um, realistically speaking, we just don't see how MJF is going to be successful in WWE. He's going to get paid a hell of a lot of money, more power to him if that's what you want, make it, you know, like at the end of the day, if someone else if someone came to you right now and offered you uh 20% 30% more on your salary and you know, Maybe less dates or maybe the same amount of dates that you have to work. You And, you like, an extra week of pizza. You fucking take it and stuff. Anyone would. Anyone would take it if there's, if they thought it was going to better their situation. So, if WWE comes around and everyone's like, well, why did MGF take it? Like, he's got to work more house show dates and stuff like that. Money talks. Money talks. I, I think someone did a statistic how Corey Rose is working so many more matches compared to, to WWE when he was in AEW and stuff. And maybe the money offsets it, you know? But I think... When like the, the just the conversation was we just didn't see MGF being as successful as he was as he is now in WWE and that maybe Vince wouldn't get him, you know? He tried to turn him into I, the Miz Light, but he get paid a hell of a lot of money that made him happy. Hell that made him happy, but I just can't see someone like MGF going there and succeeding. Cody Rhodes, you know, I, he bought the AW Cody Rhodes and it's working and stuff, but a lot of, like, you've seen the argument where everyone's like, well, they're they're tuning into what uh, how AEW, I mean, WWE treats Cody because, you know, it could be potential how they treat you. And I was like, yeah, but not everyone that comes from AEW is going to be Cody Rhodes, you know?
0: I think MJF understands the business but, enough that I think him and Vince would come to an understanding of what, like, MJF is. I think MJF is, is someone who could easily go from quote-unquote professional wrestler to, quote-unquote, you know, sports entertainer. um I think MJF really understands it. I think I think if Vince really wants to poach you the way he wanted to poach Cody, I think he understands that at this point, th- the money, yes, like that's, that's going to be there. WWE has a fucking infinite, it feels like, Saudi Arabia blood money pool to pull from to offer these people. But I think WWE also is finally understanding that, you need to give them something to, to want and and to to feel fulfilled with and I think if they offer a fraction of how they uh, of what they've given Cody storyline wise and working wise and 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 letting Cody feel fulfilled with what he's doing within WWE I think MJF can walk. I think he really could. I again It's neither here nor there right now because, you know, uh, obviously MJF's actual contract isn't up for another two years. Um, WWE has only said that they're interested um, uh, until they actually offer a contract and we see what that contract looks like money-wise. And if he takes it, what it looks like storyline-wise. I feel like MJF could be uh, uh, his own thing in WWE, I I can picture that happening, especially with how well they've treated Cody Rhodes. I know you say not everyone's Cody, but I feel like MJF is in that upper echelon of uh, outside talent that WWE would want to cater, you know, buckets of cash, but also fulfilling storylines for.
1: Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see because it's like I'm not concerned about how Cody's booked two or three months from now. I'm concerned how he's booked two or three years from now, you know, like and the guys consist if they if they give him the AJ Styles treatment, you got nothing else to say. Even in and like someone's making an argument that like Daniel Bryan wasn't treated as well as he could have been. And yeah, you can make a small argument that Daniel Bryan got over despite himself, but once he got over, he was booked consistently strong for the most part, minus some little hiccups here and there and everything, but when WWE finally gets over themselves and believes in you, they pretty consistent about it. Like, yeah. AJ Styles, yeah, of course, is one of the like, biggest examples.
0: Yeah, I mean he came out to the Rumble, he made a big waves more than Vince probably thought he would. And then after a, a few meandering like mid card feuds, he was challenging Roman Reigns for the for the WWE championship. And then he won it twice. He won it overseas, which was the first time I think that happened in like fifteen plus years. And they trusted AJ with that. They trusted him for the Brock match. They trusted him for Daniel Bryan's return to the WWE title picture. Like, if you can make a good enough impression, they they will keep you where they think, like, you're worth. And, again, AJ Styles is one of the biggest examples of that. Um, Again, I think if MJF walks to WWE, I think that he would do more than his fair share to prove to WWE that he belongs in the main event scene. And I don't think he would be Ms. Light. I think he would be... You could draw obviously similar comparisons. You could do that now. You can call him MJF light, or you can call him the Miz light now, um, if you really want to make that argument. I don't think I'd make that argument, but you could. CM Punk did when he was roasting him in Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, um, it I, 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 was a good, it was a good zinger, but he's not the Miz light. The, I think the, he's I, taken what the Miz I, has done and pushed it to the next level, and that's I, a, that's I a high
0: praise of MJF too. I I don't think he I. Like, for me, I don't think that I can compare him to The Miz. I feel like they're both really good at what they do, but I don't think that I can, like, effectively compare them. I saw interesting comments before that people were saying that the only reason people think MJF is better than The Miz is because he's allowed to cuss a little bit more on TV. And I, I think there's a little bit of truth to that. I I feel like the, like, the last, the, the scathing Miz promo on Daniel Bryan, like, top tier. So good on that talking smack episode. That was right. damn good. Yeah. I I can't remember the last time MJF cut a scathing promo like that to another wrestler. Uh, but but then again, MJF just had one of the best work shoot promos because on, on Tony Khan. So I, I feel like they're both so good at what they do that trying to compare them doesn't really work in that kind of sense. I can um, see that. That's a fair I, I, argument as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they're both fucking amazing. I, they understand how to work a crowd so well. No, I 100 like, uh, percent agree,
1: and I, I, we, I've talked about it before. Like, I will sing the Miz praises. No mislander. Yeah, no, no mislander no on, on this goddamn <laughs> podcast. Sorry, God.
0: <laughs> uh, like, oh, man, like even going back a couple weeks to the Cody thing where he was like, hey, uh, "Belts what holds up your pants." I love, I loved all of that. I love mm-hmm. the Miz making, keeping them in the
1: WWE nomenclature and everything.
0: <laughs> I love it because because I mean, it, he's not only keeping like everything Cody said it, like it, it, it's like a three way kind of uh like insult from the Miz. You know, he's 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 backhanding Cody in the face saying like, yeah, you, where you came from, it's called that because you're you're not on WWE level on another level. He's like poking fun at the fans because he knows the fans are always like, oh, WWE won't call it as a belt, yada, yada, yada and uh i i the miz just gets what he's doing and and so does mjf and i think seeing them on the same brand and the same show and the same company i think i think we'd finally get the distinguishing factors of like That'd be what a, separates the two each other if i am
1: bits that's the first feud you book
0: yeah uh, i i feel like the miz is going to have a lot of ammo saying like yeah you're 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 looking at what you try to copy in the mirror while you're playing in the bingo halls like Real easy setups like that, but with the nuanced performances that both those men can fucking bring.
1: Yep, and Miz will do so good at selling the facial expressions because I'm pretty sure MJF would bring it right back and tell him, like, I'm better than you. That's why That's why I call myself better than whatever. He'll say whatever the fuck he's going to say, and i will get to the Miz, like, in kayfabe. Like, the Miz will be like, damn, this dude took everything I did and became better, but I'm going to prove that I'm still here and blah, 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 whatever the story they want to tell. But very, very good fucking setup there that they have
0: god i fucking love both those men what what amazing talents i love mm-hmm. them uh let's let's get back into dynamite we <laughs> we took a big segue off from there but that was a really good conversation i fucking that's what i podcast talk about that for, more up. here hell yeah dog uh next up on the card johnny elite uh had an open contract to fight anyone in aew and the Redeemer has returned, Nathan. I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one because your boy's back. My boy
1: is back, baby. And he's coming for all the
0: pagans, for all the cowboys, for whatever the
1: for all the punks. This mural Miro, Miros on a war with God. Okay. This this man's preacher. <laughs> he's, he's he's a Saint the Killers. This is Saint the Killers Miro right now. He's coming back because he's at war with God. His neck of sand is no longer a neck of sand, but a neck of steel. He has no weakness. There's no chink in the armor. This dude is just straight. I'm here, and I'm big dick. And I loved... As soon as I heard those... What the the goddamn trumpets at? We need trumpets! (laughs) Uh, Miro deserves a bit on this goddamn podcast. (laughs) He deserves a bit, and I'm making it happen. Every time Miro's there, M- Miro, dude, I, I'm a fucking huge Miro mark, man. I, I, oh, I, I, I this guy needs to get
0: pushed to the moon. He needs he, to be draped in God. gold.
1: And go like, on a six-month run.
0: Says. Everything he says is so convincing. The, again, the promo where he caught up the, the cowboys, the punks, the bastards. Oh, my God. Like, all those matches are still first-time matches. Like... People forget Miro hasn't faced the who's who of the upper echelon. He he went in an amazing TNG title run, but he needs to face the top guys. The the top guys in the in in the top 5 ranking, top 10 rankings of this company. Adam Cole versus Miro, Hangman versus Miro, the Bastard Pack versus Miro. Oh my god, there's so many different fucking possibilities for this man and I really hope he goes on a tear. Maybe he has like an open god challenge where he he's going to face anyone and all he's going to he's not going to see the face of the man he's wrestling but he's going to see his god that he's wrestling with and he's going to fucking come at them. Oh, so good.
1: I legit think that Miro should be as protected as some of the the upper echelons like, of Like like A- John Moxley level. Yeah.
0: Honestly. Like an interesting fact, dude. Like John Moxley has not been cleanly pinned in all of AEW. Have you have you have you read that stat? Really? I didn't
1: I thought he I thought No one's ever pinned him clean, haven't they?
0: No, he lost the Kenny Omega, but because again, he got did dirty. Um he lost the Exploding Barbed wire death match, but that was because uh technical like technicality KO. He's lost a few tag matches, but he was never the one eating the pin, never getting submitted. He has one of the cleanest records, even though I believe he's like He has like seven or eight losses, um, but he's never been technically pinned clean in the ring. That's fucking nuts.
1: That's that is a good stat, man. Holy crap. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That was trending a while back. Let me see. He's 69. (laughs) Nice. 11 and one in his (laughs) overall career and over 11 losses. He's only had 11 losses, dude. And he was there since the very, what, first double or nothing when he made Mm -hmm. his entrance? Moxie's Um, been very
1: well protected. Very, very well protected.
0: I, I wish I knew the exact reason, too, because he's the only wrestler who doesn't come through any tunnel. He's his own man. He plays by his own rules. He's one of the most protected people in all of wrestling. Like, he lost to Toru Yano in a really comedic match, but, like, even then, he got outsmarted and outplayed and... Ever since he's he's come back from WWE, he's definitely one of the most protected people in all of of professional wrestling. So fucking awesome,
1: dude! Hell yeah, man! Uh, and I think that adds to the mystique and the lure of John Moxley and everything. Is like how well you protect them? Um, like for example, the end of days from Baron Corbin was protected for how long? And they, they it 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 it, it, it amounted to nothing. When he lost it in that, that throwaway WrestleMania match and it was like all oh, this guy kicked out, like dude, come on, man.
0: Nah, yeah, dude, every everyone popped for that. What are you talking about? Everyone nah, Yeah, that that, that that wasn't, that, kick- wasn't
1: that wasn't that big for me. That wasn't
0: big for uh, me. Oh, you're you're goofy. You're goofy then. <laughs> I I thought I thought that it was fucking awesome. I thought I, I popped hard for that when they kicked out. You're nah, goofy. Nah it just wasn't it wasn't like, there for like, me, you know. Like, look, he lo- he lost the AEW, uh, the 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 ladder match, but that doesn't count, like, technically, because he wasn't pinned or anything. Uh let me see. Uh I'm looking. Uh, Lance Archer. Well, I guess Lance Archer pinned him, but that was during uh, that was Fighter Fest. That was like a, a crazy fucking brawl for the IWGP US title. Which man, that that's yeah, that title was cursed. That, but I'll talk that, about that another day. That no, you can talk about it now. That wasn't
1: necessarily clean plan. That was a death match. I guess, like, to me, clean pin is, like, it's a regular standard wrestling match, and you win, no shenanigans, one, two, three, yeah, you're done. That's a clean yeah, exactly. pin to me.
0: Like, like, I mean, he hasn't really got, like, he hasn't done a big, like, he lost a tag match, but Darby Allin ate the pin. He lost another tag match, but Pac ate the pin. Uh, he He's never lost fucking clean pin, like, finisher, no sneaky disqualification or like no sneaky cheating. What a guy. No what a, sneaky, what a, what a, sneaky links. Yeah, exactly. What a fucking protected wrestler. And that's how you do a bigger than life character like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, but uh, going back to the U S IWGP title, it's so cursed, dude. Like, um, Sonata broke his orbital when he finally won it. he had to give it up. Juice Robinson took it. Juice Robinson had appendicitis recently, couldn't defend it their last Best of Super Juniors event. Uh, it's going to be defended at Dominion uh, this coming uh, Saturday. He's mm-hmm. going to take on Will Ospreay and uh, Sonata in a triple threat Daddy uh, match. That'll be good. Daddy Ospreay. Oh, Will Ospreay. God, I I, I I hope Will wins, but I don't think they're going to put it on him. Um, I'm really pulling for a Jay White win this Saturday, man, so he can be the big bad of Forbidden Door. I think – I, 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 so, that Okada who, who, match. Yeah, wh-
1: what's the what's the bill for this weekend?
0: Okay, yeah, let me pull that up really quick. Dominion yeah, 20, 20, Dominion
1: Dominion's usually one of the bigger New Japan shows, so we need to be in tune to this. Actually, actually, you know what, Kyle? Let, let's do the picks huh. for him. Let's do some picks for him. you to do
0: picks? Let's do picks for it. Yeah, this is this is big. This is big. Alright, Doug. Alright. I mean, sure. Let's let's fucking do our picks. It'll kick us off. This is big, baby. This is big.
1: You run us down a car, Kyle, and we'll get this going, baby. But we are back, baby, with these picks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to. I, I. This is one of my fair bits, and I, I'm sorry the song runs out. I started, but basically we do picks for all the f- all the big pay per views, all the big events happening in wrestling, and we got New Japan Dominion coming up, and Kyle's gonna kick us off on a match card, and me and Kyle are gonna pick. I'm not. I Kyle, you probably gonna have be, better picks than I but you know I, I think oh, some of the bigger right. ones I can do.
0: All right, baby, let's get into this. Uh, first off, we got Los Ngobrenobiles de Japón, Tetsuya Naito Bushi, and the newly crowned Best of Super Junior winner Hiromu Takahashi taking on the Bullet Club. Taiji Shimori, the IWGP light heavyweight champion, El Phantasmo, and Ace Austin. I got LIJ in this one. I believe that LIJ is going to start having a bigger run. I think Bullet Club needs to start looking a little bit weaker, but they're going to still hold all the gold because that's just how Bullet Club rolls, baby.
1: Yep, I'm okay if if Bullet Club loses this match. Uh, I'm going with your pick as well. Hell oh, yeah, JY baby. Needs Next to win up, Toru. Win big one.
0: Oh goddamn, I hope so, dude. Torriano is taking on Doc Gallows. toriano's taking this one, dude. toriano's the goat of New Japan Pro Wrestling, baby. 100%, boy. Toriano
1: toriano clean. No, he didn't clean. He got win one by DQ. Never mind. <laughs> Against Moxley. <laughs> he won not I think. Yeah. You want Against my Mox. Count
0: out. <laughs> oh, go look at that reaction game. We'll post that on the Instagram uh, when this episode drops. That is one of the best meme pictures I've ever seen in all of professional wrestling. Next up, you got House of Torture. One of the worst things to come out of Bullet Club. Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Show, the current never-open-weight six-man tag team champions, taking on Suzuki-Gun, Zack Sabre Jr. El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I got House of Torture winning here. I think they need to have championships so you can take a Bullet Club Civil War Part 2 a little bit more seriously. I'll
1: lean with that pick as well, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next up, you got Bullet Club, Balak Fale, and Chase Owens, the reigning and defending IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, taking on United Empire, Grado Khan, and Jeff Cobb. United Empire's going over. I think... I no, I think Bullet Club's going over here because I think, and this is a fucking really far throw. I hope FTR can interfere and cost United Empire setting up FTR defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against United Empire. FTR, FTR. New Japan, baby!
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm I'm getting I'm 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 getting the Peter tingles right now,
0: dude. (laughs) Big brain, baby. (laughs) That's what we do here, this show. He's so smart. Oh, thanks, dog. Uh next <laughs> next up, <laughs> you got Hiroshi Tanahashi the Ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling taking on Hiroki Goto a longtime rival. Now, this match has bigger implications for AEW2 because the winner of this match will face the winner of John Moxley versus the winner of a battle royal at this coming up AEW Dynamite and those two winners again the winner of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Godo and the winner of John Moxley versus a to-be-determined battle royal winner and they will go head-to-head at AEW x New Japan is going for the interim <laughs> AEW title Tanahashi's taking this there's not a doubt in my mind Tanahashi is the man He's gonna face John Moxley, forbidden director. Rip, right rip all the fans, rip all the fan. Ugh, don't get me started. Shingo Takagi taking on Taichi for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy. I got Takagi here. I love the Dragon from Lij. I love that man. Hmm. I
1: don't know. I was thinking the other. I was the other. I'll be the other
0: pick. I'll swing the other taichi? way. Yeah, I'll take Taichi? Oh yeah, baby. Next up you got Tomatonga, the reigning, defending, never open weight champion defending against the machine gun Carl Anderson of the Bullet I'll Club. I'll take a machine gun. I got I got machine gun, baby. I think Bullet Club needs to go into Forbidden Door holding all the chips, and I think this is what you do. I think you can keep it on, you, you give it a Carl Anderson. Next up, you got Juice Robinson, the defending IWGP United States heavyweight champion from Bullet Club, taking on Sonata of LIJ and then Will Ospreay of United Empire in a triple, th- in a triple threat match. I got Juice Robinson by Shenanigans. Yeah, Juice Robinson's
1: winning, man. He just joined Bullet Club not too long ago, and also you had uh, Ace Austin just joined Bullet Club as well, one of the biggest stars in Impact. So, oh, Bull- God, Bullet so Club. Good. Bullet Club. There's they're setting the pieces up, man. They're setting up those pieces
0: And your main event for Dominion 612 in Osaka Joe Hall Japan I Am I don't know I think God you got Kazuchika Okada the reigning defending IWGP world heavyweight champion Taking on the switchblade leader of the Bullet Club Jay White. Jay White. I'm, I'm only Jay White I want to believe in J. Way, but my my, my my big brain, my Kyrie Irving, flat brain brain's telling me Kazuchika Okada. I think there, there, you gotta there, have Kazuchika is- Okada leading. I think you need the biggest star New Japan has to offer leading the way into Forbidden Door, and and I think. I think Okada defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against a hangman Adam Page at Forbidden Door is the match to make, dog. I don't know. Nope. I want JY.
1: As much as you've been name dropping and showing JY and the Bullet Club and everything, they've been a the big bad in the background. You could have Okada come back and be the valiant helping hero of New Japan, but you need JY and Bullet Club to be the big threat that they need to be right now. You need them in that space, man. You need them to be the big dicks that they are. We need the villains. Ugh. Forbidden doors. It, it, New, forbidden doors. when New Japan needs to show that, hey, we're not nothing to fuck with. And they need to get some big dubs against some uh, AEW guys. You need to establish it's gonna that. It's going to be interesting,
0: man. I, me and my friend Isaac, who uh, I turned on to New Japan uh, a couple years ago. We are going to wake up at 2 in the morning our time and watch this live. Because I am so interested in every single matchup because... It's either going to be 50 50 on how they booked the Bullet Club throughout the night or 100%, and Bullet Club's going to rain terror on Forbidden Door. I am, uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I forgot. Here we are, the, one down the picks. Yeah, for the main event, yeah. Mm-hmm. We forgot I got it, It's the, been a while, I, it's baby. It's been
1: a while. We, got it. we always transition to this to the main event time, but, uh, since we kind of got our picks out there, I'm going with Jay White. You're going with Okada. But again, there's a huge story implication here. Like me and you've talked about. I think that this is where the Bullet Club needs to solidify themselves as a big bad. You got to strike. You've been hinting at them. You've had them appear. Adam Cole needs to come out. The Undisputed Elite need to throw under their allegiance with Bullet Club. Throw under lot with Jay White. And we need to set this up. And this eventually could lead to Kenny coming back. And guess what? His best friends and all of his friends are in Bullet Club. And you have a lot of old stories there to tell and re- reignite with, you know, so... Oof. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see
0: man. Dominion's gonna be insane. Like I said, I'm gonna be watching it two in the morning live. It'll probably end about five, five thirty. Oh, it's when, gonna have so it, many implications going into Forbidden Door. When is
1: it again? Because I'll, I'll be at the coast this weekend, so I'm fucking pissed, but
0: Oh uh, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be our it's gonna be Sunday for Japan, but that's gonna be our Saturday at two AM. So Saturday night going into Sunday, two AM. going to be uh it's going to be insane. I'm going to be very tired, but I'm going to be enjoying it cuz I love New Japan. And again, this just has big implications for Forbidden Door, and that's what three more weeks, 3 weeks out. Oh god, yeah, this Insane.
1: Is, this is this is hype, man. This is this is getting this is getting to the big Chungus areas, you know. Oh.
0: All, All right. right. We're Let's getting take the big music out. The picks are good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that bit. I missed that one. That and we we're, we're going
1: to do it again in 3 weeks, man. Oh, all right.
0: Let's let's get back on track into dynamite. We were uh, we were in dynamite at one point or another. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to uh, fucking hear that bit again. Oh, I know. I love that. That's one of my favorite ones. Uh, next up on the card, Eddie Kingston came out to confront the Jericho Appreciation Society, and he had Mister William, Sir William Regal, by his side to announce that they wanted blood and guts. And I hated the way William Regal leaned into the whole. I used to do the War Games meme, but now it's Blood and Guts meme. I didn't like that. But uh, seeing this uh, devolve into a Blood and Guts match would be very interesting. Uh, uh, Jericho got attacked by, uh, I believe, a Santana. Uh, he clipped some of his hair off. And then Jericho said, if you want Blood and Guts, you need to give me Santana in a hair match at the upcoming Road Rager event. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I'm, I'm not super into it, but I'm going to watch it. I'm not, I'm, it's not like my favorite thing going on right now, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, for over 12 weeks, Jericho Preaching Society has been the standard for all sports in And, and I, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be a Jericho Preaching Society, Mark. I fucking love this. I, I never get tired of this on the screen and everything, you can say the story slower and anything. But then I see Matt Menard's lovely mug and I'm just like, everything makes sense.
0: And I'm happy. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm sure they'll find a way to get me into it, but... As for now, it's so far out blood and guts that I'm sure once we get more into it, um, I'm sure the story will very much ramp up. So we'll see where that goes. And it's also going to be interesting because you got Moxley uh, set up to possibly become the interim AEW world champion. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays into everything going on with, um, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Very interesting stuff.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, next up, yes, a, sir. Go for it. A, Keep going. You had a
0: big old, big old ten man tag match as you had Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, teaming up with Christian Cage, Darby Allen, and Matt Hardy to take on Young Bucks, Red Dragon, and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Hikaleo. Uh, this was a fun match. Can't really say much more else than that. Uh, there was a crazy spot where Hikaleo picked up Darby Allen by his 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 his. his his soldered-on chain around his neck, it, this chain is linked around Darby Allen's neck, and he fucking broke it. That looked fucking brutal.
1: I I, I worry about Darby now. He scares me. <laughs> he's
0: going to hurt himself. Dar, Dar, Darby has land. definitely said that he's not in here for a long time. So, I mean, I appreciate every time we see Darby because that man is... You can never say Darby Allen doesn't put 115% of himself into what he does because, man... Dude's, dude's, a, dude's a nut job.
1: Dude's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, his body of work that he's going to... If he were to retire today, his body of work would be up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would definitely carry for a while. But yeah, uh, I mean, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Hukuleo pick up the win here because they were, of course, in the Young Bucks home state of California. Uh, this All these shows really felt like... The young bucks time to shine. They got they really got the big crowd reaction. Hometown heroes. Uh, I'm again. I'm glad. I think we talked about this, but I'm glad that AEW understands that the hometown hero face or heel should always go over. They don't make it stupid and screwy and try and screw them in their home city or home state. I'm really glad AEW knows how to put the hometown heroes over, uh, whether they be faces or heels. I agree. I like that. They do good. Hell yeah, dog. Uh, next up, Tony Shivani interviewed Athena. Uh the newly debuting Athena. Big Daddy Stroke. Uh, showed up at double or nothing. <laughs> oh my god, yes! I'm so happy he's here. Uh but yeah. So TBS champion Jade Cargill uh was followed by the baddies, Red Velvet, and Kira Hogan, and the new publicist Stokely Hathaway. Um uh, Hathaway cut a fucking good promo on fucking Athena. Uh but man, uh I was expecting a little bit more to this. I was expecting a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, it was super. It was super tame. lackluster. Take the reins on a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It was tame. I was like, I, more I, reins on
1: like, like we've seen what 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 he did, in he has Malcolm Bivens and stuff. I was expecting just a little bit more heat. You know, I wanted him to come with the fire, and it was good, but it just wasn't
0: there. I I hate that we're setting up for Athena to be the next challenger for Jade because like Crystal now and just yeah she's just in limbo, bro. Like. She, she repackaged herself because she knew the alien thing could only go so far and be taken only so seriously. But now, now you're basically cutting the heel like the legs out from under her before she even got a chance to get a running start. Like, I would much rather see Chris Stalander be the one to take the title off of Jade, not Athena. But it feels like I, you can't have another debuting big person name like making their big debut because you already ran through Marina Shafir, I, I, Anna Jay for some reason, a double night. And now Athena, like Athena, I feel is going to be the one to win it, but I wish Chris Dallander was getting a more prominent role here. Yeah,
1: man. Like, if Chris, well, we'll see, man. We'll see how this plays out. But again, it goes back to MJF's promo, like all the XWW guys come in and get the shots and everything. And just like, it's face, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like AEW can say that, that everyone gets their own chances, but when you're giving the WWE guys, uh, more chances than your own, people who've been with you since day one, it, Kind of speaks for itself there. Like, the reaction Chris got when she came out to do the big standoff with Anna Jay, Athena, versus Jade Cargill and the baddies. Like, everyone wants fucking Chris Allen And I wish AEW would see it and, like, really run with it instead of just giving it to Athena. But whatever, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how this plays
1: out, man. Maybe Athena loses and she puts over. Uh, Jade Cargo, and then Chris Statlander comes and wins it. That'd be that'd be pretty nice. I wouldn't bitch. I wouldn't be upset about that. It
0: it it would just feel so dragged out. Like from the time Chris Statlander set her sights on Jade to finally getting her with no buildup, it just it would feel like like it would just feel like it just got dragged out more than we got meat on the bone. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I feel like Jade. Uh, Jade but Jade, Jade doesn't need the title and like I I don't, I, I hope she doesn't. Excuse me. Excuse me. I think I think Jade's title run. It's time to switch by all out. She should lose it by all out. Yeah, I think
0: I. You know they always say like you're not supposed to be made by the belt. You're supposed to make the belt. And I think Jade Cargill has more than done that. Yeah, she's done. Uh, I think she's impressed. Yeah, she's impressed everyone. She's done way more than anyone thought she could in ring and on the mic and charismatic wise. Like she she's she's great. She's a star. Uh, I don't think she can. I think her. I think she's hit her ceiling. While being the TBS champion already, I think she needs to to see what she can do without exactly the title you because took, it's you like it's like Spider Man Homecoming, bro. Remember Spider Man Homecoming when Peter said, "I'm nothing without the suit." And Tony says, dead ass in his eyes, said, "If you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it." Oh, so good. You need to be more than just the belt, and that's what Jade. That's Jade's next test: being more than just the belt. You need to be that bitch. What's what's that bitch oh, got to do? Man. That bitch show, baby. God, mm-hmm. I do. Okay, let's go to Spider Man real quick, cause I love that part where, uh, where he's under the the rubble and he's like screaming for help, and he's like, "Come on, come on, Spider Man!" And he fucking, oh, lifts himself. Fucking so good. <laughs> fucking love, love Tom Holland, Spider Man. Anyway, uh, your next segment was another equally not really doing anything in the grand scheme of things segment. Uh, Wardlow, the newly signed AEW talent. Uh, defeated J D Drake in a very good squash match. J D Drake again, another person who does exactly what he needs to do, much like, uh, much like a fucking Soprano man. Fucking, I'm losing his name. Um, what's his name, Nathan? Oh fuck. Uh, oh, I'm waiting. I'm letting you. Marshall Q T. <laughs> oh, Q T. Marshall. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> soprano yeah. man. Like- J D Drake's another. Yeah, he dresses like fucking Tony Soprano. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, J.D. Drake's another QT-level guy. Does exactly what he needs to do. Sells for the guy. Puts the other guys over. Consummate professional. Uh, Smart Mark Serling came out and told Wardlow that he was getting a, a class-action lawsuit against Wardlow on behalf of uh, the security. Wardlow, in, I thought, a really fucking funny, like impromptu moment looked at the security guard in the ring and said this guy doesn't watch the product and then thoroughly beat the shit out of him. Uh <laughs> I thought this was a, a no harm no foul kind of segment. Um I'm I'm hoping Wardlow can get a lot more TV time and do meaningful TV segments because that man deserves it right now. He deserves it. Wardlow baby, it's Wardlow's world and we're just we're just we're just living in it, man. I've been telling you dog since day 1, it's always been his world. I fucking it, love Wardlow.
1: You hear homeboy? Homeboy's feet are going off, sir. i am a to run. Yeah, I fucking cause sure. all the Rum. goddamn noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking show you, dude. Love that cat. Uh, your one and only women's match of the night. I'm gonna keep saying this every week until you change it up, Tony Khan. Your one and sole women's match was a rematch of Britt Baker DMD to and Jamie Hayter. taking on Tony Storm and Ruby Soho, and. Felt kind of lazy putting a rematch this soon together with all four finalists from the Owen Hart tournament, uh, but I mean, hey, look at Soho. She finally got one. She got the win. She got the pin, baby. She's only a loser when it comes to singles matches, not when it comes to tag matches, though. So thank you, AEW, for making me think that a that Ruby Soho should be relegated to tag team matches because that's apparently the only time she can fucking win. Do more for these fucking women, goddamn, bro, son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: terrible
0: person am i wrong uh, i'm not wrong right uh they have shown me that when ruby soho has big single matches when she has fucking rancid playing her out that she's still a fucking loser at the end of the day and she can only win in tag matches like convince me that ruby soho is is, is worth more than you're presenting her to be stop cutting the legs out from under ruby soho too god damn <sighs> it's like it's like you're it's like it's like why you don't want to be into NXT Nathan Why should I give a shit when I know it's not gonna go anywhere? I've tried believing in Ruby Soho They tried building up Ruby Soho, and I believed in her and then what do they do? They just have her fucking loose clean to Brit Like why do I need to care anymore? Why should I care about her in singles when the only time she can win is in tag matches? <laughs> Am I wrong?
1: No, they need to do a little bit better than that, you know. Like I, I they agreed. need to do a lot better. I agreed with the whole, you know, hey, uh, let's get let's get Metallica to play my entrance and I'ma lose. Like
0: exactly, <laughs> but like. But then
1: again, they do. Like, Triple H used to do that all the fucking time because, like, the man, the man would always lose at WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was a consummate professional. He had a legacy already, Bill, where he could put these people over and not lose credibility. Ruby Soho is just fucking giving up fucking wins left and right. Now she's a fucking, she's the resident loser that Britt Baker called her when she first debuted. I I I said it last week, Britt Baker and Tony Khan do the best at burying everyone in this division. Because, I, I mean, that's all they do. Britt Baker cut a long promo when she returned after losing the title in Pittsburgh. Ran down literally every top contender, called them losers. And then what does she do? She goes out and beats them all. Like, come on, bro. Let me believe that these women are more than just losers that have to lose to Britt Baker at some point. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. With, I
1: agree that Britt Baker's booking. Ow. She's the too Jamie, strong. Jamie Hader, She's the Jamie, too strong.
0: Jamie, Jamie Hader payoff better be good. I hope so because, I mean, I I fucking really hope so, dude. They uh, they attacked her. Uh, what the? They both attacked him after the win. And Jamie Hayter gave Britt her her championship belt that she won for winning the Owen, and it looked like there was a little bit more than there that meets the eye. But who knows if they're gonna pull the trigger on that anytime soon? I think for now, the company needs to put its creative efforts into Tony, because she's not had the impact that people were expecting when she signed and debuted. And uh, I think her losing the Owen really cooled her off. In yeah, it no really did. did, dude. And. And I I get it. You have to you have to give props to your day ones. It's it's you could say it's the opposite of what we we're saying with MJF. Like they're giving the day ones the due. They're giving Britt the due, but she doesn't need it. She really doesn't need it. She she she, she can doesn't. Take a, she, need she needs
1: it. she needs to take a credible loss.
0: Yeah. She needs to be a Darby really Allen. Loves.
1: She needs to start doing the Darby Allen where you know Darby Allen lost to Andrade and he's still Darby Allen. Like exactly. Britt Baker Bill, needs to like, lose that match already.
0: Brit can lose a 15-match a skid, and she's she'll still be one of the top draws, one of the minute-for-minute minute biggest, like, eye-viewership ratings of the entire show. But whatever. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Uh, your main event of AEW Dynamite, Daniel Garcia took on Jon Moxley after the fallout of Sandy Sunday's Anarchy in the Arena. This was a great fucking brawl. John Moxie did the cut job, sliced himself open, blood everywhere. Uh, this match went over, I think a couple minutes uh over the runtime. And man, this is a hard hitting match. Daniel Garcia needs to start getting fucking wins, though, dude. Um he 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 won the Battle of Los Angeles tournament for PWG. Ev- everyone on the IWC, whenever he's booked touts about how he's the future of wrestling, but you need to start booking him to start getting some decent wins. Cause he's been, he's been losing everybody he faces lately. And I need, I need more respect for Daniel Garcia putting out there.
1: Uh, I kind of don't necessarily see that in a sense. Like, I guess like future, he's been, he's part of what the Jericho appreciation society. And I think that's going to do more. Uh, that's doing more good than, than bad, than bad as it is right now. Uh, being paired with Jericho and getting his character work up and stuff I think that's all, the whole point of this they give him some yeah. on the mic and everything and he's you know showing a little bit of what he could do so I think that's the overall goal and if he takes some losses on the road it's not gonna be that big of a big, big deal you know
0: yeah I just I hope this blood and guts build can be really good because I feel like this feud might be slowly getting past it's sell by date um I'm really interested to see how the build-up uh cause Chris Jericho's gonna put the BCC through the ringer to get what they want, which is blood and guts. So hopefully hopefully if the build up gets me pulled back in. And then we'll go from there, baby. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're not into in a in a cycle of, you know, repetitiveness, but whatever. Like I said, neither here nor there just yet. We'll we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh on the docket next, man, Rampage. Rampage was a uh, a bit of a heartbreaker it wasn't the first thing to kick off the show but uh i'm going to talk about the cm punk announcement because he did say a couple of hours before this rampage went live that he was going to address the aw world championship and his future i swear i thought this was going to be a career-ending mad like injury he sustained he said there was bad news and good news which do you want first he said that he uh that one of the wheels is broken right now because he said when he came back he was going to go until the wheels fell off And he said one of them is broken. Again, he didn't really confirm exactly what he broke, but everyone can assume that it's his foot or his leg at some point. Uh, Whether it was from the matches he had with Hangman at Double or Nothing, when he jumped into the crowd at the start of AEW Dynamite, or during the match with FTR taking on the, the Gun Club and Max Caster of the Acclaim. So, He said the good news is he will be back. He just needs to take surgery. It was super ambiguous as to whether he was going to relinquish the title because he said he wanted to. He didn't want to hold the company up, but Tony said that uh, he believes in punk and and what that means for the championship and spearheading the company. So it did look like it was going to be vacated. and, And before we went to commercial after this segment, Jericho and Excalibur kept saying like, oh, well, look at that. It's been vacated. So really, they could have done way better in the presentation of this, but... CM Punk is out with an injury, will get a surgery. In the meantime, uh, they have made a match for Dynamite, which will kick off a Battle Royal. The winner of that Battle Royal will go on to the main event to take on Jon Moxley. And the winner of that match will go to Forbidden Door to take on the winner of Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, Hiroki Goto. And they will be crowned the interim AEW World Champion I hate interim titles. I think it's stupid. I think CM Punk should have just relinquished it, with a Punk getting the very first match when he comes back for the AEW title. But is this, is this Dana White booking to you or what? Yeah, yeah. Dana White is notorious for making fake interim titles that don't mean shit in the UFC. <laughs> uh, he made one uh, for Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis for no fucking reason, even though Aldo literally just. Defended. Oh, I'm gonna the, get you hitted. Actual championships are
1: getting heated with UFC now.
0: <laughs> it's stupid, dude. UFC is so fucking dumb. They want to make fucking interim titles that mean nothing out of thin air, just so they, just so their pay per views have a quote unquote championship fight. So stupid. Like Dana White talks all this shit about boxing and the commission, how it's a fucking fraud, and they're overpaying their fighters. You're underpaying their fighters for fake, fighting for fake fucking titles that you make because your bald ass is fucking goofy. You're raising this shit to GoofCon 1, Dana White. You bald-headed piece of shit. Fucking hate Dana White. God damn, what a garbage human. You got me heated. I didn't want to get heated. You got me heated. Ugh. Let's let's get on to the rest of Dino Rampage real quick because uh, it's about it's almost going to be 2.30. I'm, Daddy's getting hungry for some lunch. But the Young Bucks took on the Lucha Brothers in a rematch from their all-out classic in the Steel Cage. Uh, like Nathan said earlier, if you get a Young Bucks and a Lucha Bro match, it's probably going to be a spot fest. And that's what this was. Uh, this was giving the Young Bucks some more momentum as they picked up the win over the Lucha Brothers in front of their hometown. Uh, really good match. Uh, there, there were some moments where you thought the young bucks were going to turn face and for, for at least this match, but that quickly went out the window. Uh, Nick Jackson stole Penta's mask to, to distract Penta and get the win over Ray Phoenix with the Meltzer driver on Ray Phoenix. And, uh, and then Nick and Matt just kind of warred around the ring as, uh, they were leaving, but, uh, hometown heroes won. That's how, uh, AEW really books things. Very glad they do it. Uh, uh, pretty solid match. It's not as good as their steel cage match. That was a match of the year match, but still a fun match. Nathan, I think you should, I think you should check it out. Dog. Yeah.
1: I'm going to try to check it out tonight before hell in a cell. I think I might watch hell in a cell. With my cousin. You're oh, also. is that tonight?
0: Yep. Fuck. I might have to tune in just for Cody and Seth, but um, uh, shoot one. me a text for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up was Kira Hogan taking on the debuting Athena her first match in AEW. I am so happy that these two women could actually put aside I don't know if they have real-life beef still. They did have real-life beef uh, a they few did? years ago when Kiera... H- yeah, yeah. Kira Hogan was an impact, and she was claiming that Athena was stealing her her character work while Athena was doing her first NXT run. Uh, so they had, like, some legit beef, but I'm glad you couldn't tell that. I'm glad that they squashed it for at least just this match, Content Professionals. Pretty good match. Uh, Athena hit... Her fucking, you know, she does her, her signature diving stunner from the top. Uh huh. Uh, she hit it, but Kiara Hogan was so far away from her, but they still made it look really good. Very happy. Um, she really went all out for this gear, too, Athena. Uh, really taken into the war goddess, uh, gimmick. So, the fallen goddess we'll gimmick. See where this g- <laughs> I think she's the war goddess, isn't she? I thought she was a fallen, fallen. Huh. Maybe I should be more paying attention. The but, Leonard Nimoy uh, from
1: Transformers. <laughs> the Fallen. <laughs> oh, is that, no, not Leonard Nimoy. said. That? Yeah, that's not Leonard Nimoy. It was Sentinel Prime.
0: Yeah, Leonard Nimoy voiced... Uh... God, who did he voice for, for Transformers? Aanor? No, for, for fucking... For Transformers. Sentinel Jordan. Prime. Was he? Yeah. But three. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Galvatron in the animated movie. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. He was Galvatron in that one. Yeah, I miss Leonard Nimoy. Um, Mm -hmm. Man, remember in the fucking J.J. Abrams one where fucking Zachary Quinto Spock calls fucking original Spock and he's like, Mr. Spock? And then the old one goes, Mr. Spock? So good. (laughs) Fuck, I love, fucking love those movies. Uh, And your main event for AEW Rampage was Scorpio Sky defending his TNT championship, the Laker-colored Kobe Bryant-inspired TNT title against Dante Martin. A very fun match. I was so worried that this was going to be another injured champion. But uh, Scorpio Sky did say he strained his leg uh, before the match. uh, But he went through the entire match fine. Got the clean pin on Dante Martin. And uh, yeah, Dante looked good even in a loss here. He's a future star for sure. Uh, Hopefully we start getting more TNT championship notches under Scorpio Sky's belt. As you know, me and Nathan think he deserves a seven-month, eight-month reign with a bunch of defenses under his belt. Um, really good, really good, really solid. This is the only thing about, I hate about like catching up on Rampage. Is like it's a straight-up wrestling show, so we can't really get super in depth with it the way we do with Dynamite. But like, I don't know, makes it feel the end of the show a little flat. Maybe we got to work on uh, how we structure this a little bit.
1: Maybe, man. I mean, we probably should have saved the Dominion picks for the end. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah, doesn't help included. too that recently, like the past couple weeks, man, I haven't been able to catch Rampage because I'm like busy every weekend, man. Like it's wedding season. I got
0: stop being busy. I'll tell people to stop getting married. Well, fuck, fucking start getting divorced instead.
1: Goddamn.
0: <laughs> I want now. I want to
1: see. I want to see all my. I want to see all my buddies happy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, I mean, hey, shit. No I, God, I stopped feel out. I stopped to plan. My wedding. Yeah, shit, dude. No, no laugh <laughs> I've been proc- I'm done with the goof. I've been, pro- I've been procrastinating that shit so much, dog. Ugh, oh, it's it's a it's a lot to think about.
1: Get it together, baby. Come on. And you, you got to make Annie uh, happy. You're the engaged one. I know, but
0: you're the engaged one.
1: You're not the, the I, no, no mamas. I'm not sli- the married mom. one yet. I know but you're not the no mamas I slack on wedding planning one
0: <laughs> Listen we're we're willing to ride it out a little longer than most people um, fuck it it's so fucking much to plan so much money i'm not ready to spend I got i got computers i want to build i well, got get married you should have proposed Shut up bitch i wanted to propose i wanted to lock her down <laughs> i i don't need her realizing in a couple months like i can do better than this boy and then leaving me I need to have her tied down, baby. Yeah, she <laughs> but was- that is <laughs> she what Eli- you say. She's going to
1: marry Elon Musk up in Austin or something.
0: I'll call her Grime shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I almost spelled out my Coke. Coke. Coke oh, sugar. Oh, sugar.
0: I'm going to get. I'm still waiting. I'm hoping someone out there that listens to this has an end with Coke Zero and get us sponsored. I need some swag. I want, I want like a year supply of Coke Zero Sugar. Love that soda so much. I I don't want
1: any any boogies,
0: dude. There's no boogies. No boogies. No (laughs) boogies here, dog. This is another episode of Missing the Marks, dog. No boogies here. Send us on home, Nate. No, you do it. All right. Everybody, I want to thank you for joining us on another absolute
1: fantastic episode of Missing the Marks. Um, this was a
0: fucking sloppy
1: episode. We jumped all over the fucking place. But it's good. It's good. You know what? And you want to know what I was doing? I was playing Age of Empires 3, the Definitive Edition. I'm the fuck as a British. You've
0: been playing video? Are you not a professional? What are you doing? Dude, every episode we
1: record, I'm always like watch. I was watching Wales versus Ukraine and like... I can walk and talk at the same time. Don't get mad at me because I'm gonna multitask and I still get You're it done. You were eating
0: Whataburger last episode, and I, when I was editing, all I heard was you going, "Mmm, <laughs> rough, mmm, oh, Al <laughs> oh, twenty-six pounds down, so baby. Gross. Twenty-six pounds down, baby. We up, the city boys. Are oh,
1: rough. it was so <laughs>
0: gross, dude. All the chewing. Ugh. Send us home. Let's
1: go. I get a, Yeah, I me and Kyle just spit too much silly here. But I want to thank all of you for joining us on another <laughs> episode of Missing the Marks. Um, with your host, uh, Kyle, and the guy that chews with his mouth open. I don't chew with my mouth open, but I chew close to the mouth. Yeah, you do, mouth
0: breathing. No, I don't.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you freaking... So I meant weak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I was going to say that next. We were running through a spiel of shit that we say to get each other to pop, and you got me. Fuck. Uh,
1: I won this round, baby. Anyway, again, I want to once again thank you for joining us on an episode of Missing the Marks with your host, Nate, and Boogie over here. Boogie and Kyle. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> As always, you can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube has all the interviews up. I mean, you could you could do some of the interviews if you want, but if you want to see our mugs and all the beautiful faces of who we interview, go to our YouTube at Missing the Marks and search, you know, Avery Bro, Chip Garrison, Alan Angels, and Brooke Havoc, and we're looking to get another interview here soon uh, as we, uh, you know, decide how much money we got left after spending all of our money on Warhammer <laughs> figures and Fortnite skins and all the other dumb shit we buy on Steam. And oh, my West God. Steam you box. bought
0: Fortnite skins, you fucking goofy. <laughs> Shut up. <you're> <laughs> I got to buy a
1: USA jersey for the World Cup, baby. Oh, my,
0: <laughs> oh my God. God. Yeah. Money season spending time is here, baby. I'm yeah, ready. Wedding
1: season, freaking I'm trying to save for a house and here I am. I'm to buy a boogie, you know, freaking freaking dumbass. Hey owner.
0: hey, good news, dog. It looks like the housing market's gonna crash pretty soon, but they've been saying that for months, so who knows?
1: It's starting to plateau for sure because I've been looking at Zillow and some of the houses have not been moving as fast as they, they, they normally have. Like, you know, you're starting to see houses on the market for like 20, 20 days or so and stuff like that. It's not as fast. I mean, and we're one of the hottest markets in 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 the country right now. But uh, dog, you're
0: ninety percent through the intro. Get to the last ten. You got this.
1: We're talking about the housing market right now, and I'm very passionate. Bring it about in, that. brother
0: in Christ. Come on.
1: But yeah. Anyway, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and any other streaming podcast or streaming service that you have out there. Um, if you like us, give us a review. Give us the five stars. If you don't like us, tell us why you don't like us, and don't hurt our feelings. But be honest about it, because. We could we could take it and tell your friends, tell your family and uh, tell that guy at the, uh, the, the counter who, who has that own hard shirt. Hey, listen to Missing the Marks. You know, they talk about everything except wrestling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, tell anyone who's not even a wrestling fan. Tell whoever the fuck who just wants to listen to two guys ramble. Just fucking tell everyone. Yes, yeah,
1: so that's all we do. We, we instead of going to therapy or anything, we just sit here and just ramble to y'all about whatever dumb goofy shit. This on our is mind. my therapy. Yeah. This is
0: my free Sunday therapy and I love doing this show.
1: Yeah, oh my god. Wait till wait till the aneurysm comes around during fucking football oh, season. Oh, God. fucking excuse my French. I'm just i gonna be miserable from like July. Cowboys
0: of, one in fifteen, baby! July or
1: February, I'm gonna be pissed.
0: One in fifteen. I <laughs> hope Eagles so. here, baby. Yeah. We all we got, we all we need
1: yeah, yeah, you know, give me some Tylenol and aspirin for the God goddamn season coming up, <laughs> and a couple bottles of wine because wine's less calories oh, and all that to drink. But yeah, that's been another episode. Uh, Kyle, do you got anything else to say to the lovely folks out there? Did I miss anything?
0: uh now you hit all the nails on the head dog stay safe i love you all get vaccinated wear your mask still uh still in the pandemic wash your hands i see a lot of people not washing their hands still nowadays wash your hands but most importantly stay safe out there stop
1: hating women stop hating children pass some sensible gun laws and you know don't tell women what they can't do with their body with all that dumb shit that y'all be doing politicians
0: Exactly. Hey, call your local politician and just tell them soy mental waste. Stop being goofy and then yeah, hang up. Yeah, t- Easy peasy. T- tell
1: them to stop uh, being a boogie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, people, love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Later, baby.